I'm Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Screen Masters with me, Bav. Me, Fluff. And in the immortal words of the Backstreet Boys, oh my god, we're back again. Jesus Christ. Can you believe it? Jesus we're still coming. Christ Take that look off your boys. face, mate. You know you love that line. Fucking Backstreet You know you love that. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, leaving Backstreet Boys references to one side. Yep. Hello, everyone. Joining us again for another episode, I see. That's very, very kind of you. We've been getting some feedback on previous episodes. We see we've sparked quite a debate with uh, who's the best Rachel Dawes, be it Jill and Hall, a correct answer, or Katie Holmes as my erstwhile friend. No, I'm not. I'm not. I have, I, I, whatever. I'm, I'm not having this debate. I'm yeah, he lost this. the debate. That's why. I did not lose um, the debate. So yeah, if you want to get involved in the debate, please go and visit our brand new Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com/screenmasters. Uh, and there we will be posting, you know, upcoming episodes, what we're going to be talking about, looking at your comments, replying, and various other things, I would imagine. I don't know. What do you do on social media? I'm, I don't even use social media days, in this day and age. So. We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll learn. We'll learn. We'll learn. So, we're going to have a little introductory chat as we normally do, as it's been a couple of weeks since myself and Fluff met up to discuss all things film and television. Uh, and then we're going to get into the main topic of today's episode, which is the diehard pet, pet, pen, pen, pentolo, pen, pentolo, there's five films. Um, we're going to discuss them and then pick our favourite. He's been now, trying many to would say, say that say word for about half an hour. There is, yeah, I know, I'm just giving up. It's just like Porky Pig, yeah. you know, where he says the word over and over and then he just gives up yeah, and says fine. something different. Um, <laughs> uh, and yes, we'll be going through them all and then picking our favourites, uh, our favourite one from the five Many would say that's not a difficult decision. No. But I would disagree. I actually think there's yeah, there's three well, candidates for me personally, but obviously for me, but this yeah. is what we'll get into. Yeah. So have you been, my friend? I've been all it's right. It's been some yeah, time. It's it's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I think we both tried it's been it's been a hectic couple of weeks in terms of trying to get five diehards in uh every day every day this this week it's a die hard to, a day isn't it a die hard a day this week um which is is not necessarily been as easy as it sounds um because there's still so much stuff to to watch out there um very true but yeah no i mean i've been catching trying to catch some stuff uh on a streaming site that we will you know, not, <laughs> not mentioned too often because. Oh, come on, we're not even three minutes in yet. We've got to have a Netflix mention. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I've been trying to buzz through my Netflix uh, <laughs> as usual. I pay a subscription. I might as well it's get It's fine. The last episode, it, we know. must have talked about Amazon Prime quite a bit because we were talking about the boys. So, yeah, that's hopefully, very true. that would balance very it out. Very true, very true. And I will throw an Amazon. If Disney uh, have their way, we'll be talking about I, Disney. I will throw an Amazon comment in, in, in a little while when we cover some of the news. But uh, So, okay, I'm going to just buzz through a couple of the things that I've mm. watched. Uh, so I don't know whether you've seen this personally, Io, Last on Earth, it's uh, a Netflix film, so again, I think it's probably an independent that got picked up by Netflix. It rings a bell, yeah. and I want to say I've watched it, but good lord, I couldn't think of anything it's, right now. You know what, it's a small, literally two, three actor film, like there's Anthony Mackie, obviously from the... Yes, I have seen yeah. it, and they're trying to get off the planet. Correct, yeah. Yes, I have seen it, I thought it was really interesting. I did as well, you know, like, loads of reviews and stuff that I read online gave it really piss poor reviews and I, I see why it dragged at points it, it did but, but at the same time I kind of love the post-apocalyptic stuff yeah, that... and I liked the, the their take on yeah. it because of course the post-apocalyptic thing has been done a yeah, million of times to death yeah of course but yeah I thought their spin on it was interesting yeah. enough and original enough yeah for me to go, oh yeah, okay, I'm I'm along with the ride yeah. on this one. Um, character development for me sometimes is lacking in today's films. Uh, again, I think that's what you know. Fundamentals of caring. When I said about that the other week, again, it's character driven. I'm getting a bit older, get, getting a little bit wiser. So yeah, yeah, my taste is changing, and I really, really enjoy this. Uh, really, really enjoy this. So. Yeah, I, I like so. Now you mention it, I do remember I have watched that one. Yeah, I think Anthony Mackie must have signed some sort of Netflix deal. Sounds about right. Because he's done uh, Point Blank. Yes, we were discussing off podcast, I believe, yeah. uh, last week or something. Because I didn't mention it in the intro, but yeah, he did a film called Point Blank with Frank Grillo as well. Yeah, uh, which was interesting to see Crossbones and Falcon in the same film. Yeah, I've still not had. But, you know, yeah, still not got around to watching that. But um, but no, because because that was Netflix only as well. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I'd forgotten about the IO, and yeah, I bet it is. He's got some sort of Netflixy deal going. Mm. So, um, which is fair enough. It worked yeah. all right for Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, someone Even, must be watching. I mean, it. Evidently, people are watching. The there there won't be an Adam that, Sandler it, episode. Guarantee not. Uh, um, yeah, still PR day. Anyway, we'll move on from Adam Sandler. Uh, I'll just cover some other stuff that I've been watching. Uh, Glow season three. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> I don't even think you've got round to the first season. Oh yet, no, 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 no. Uh, but I mean, I I've loved this. Obviously, being a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. it, it was always on my radar, even, even way back when. I love Alison Brie from Community way back. Um, so you, you know, and anybody who was in Community, I've always got a special place yeah, for yeah. them. But the show was just fantastic uh, coming out of the coming out the gate from season one. Season two really did up the ante. I'll say that season three, there's probably not as much wrestling action ding yeah. ding ding there you go um but uh yeah no it's it's very heavily drama driven this season i would say equally as good as the previous ones they do uh i won't give too much away but they do kind of a spin on um you know christmas carol one of the episodes in a wrestling ring and and storytellers interesting which was a weird way of doing it but again really really good um so again it you know what? i buzzed through that in a night that was really really easy to just I don't know, maybe eight, maybe ten. It it was it was an easy one to kind of you know start at you know whatever time and and yeah buzz through that. I mean they're only twenty twenty five minute episodes. So. Oh, so they're short ones anyway. Yeah, uh, but Mark Merrow is just phenomenal in this. I mean the guy is funny as hell in this. Can you know he's surrounded by a lot of females, so you know he's the only masculine voice there, and yeah it shows in spades. Um, but yeah, no, I really really enjoyed that. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, no, I I heard lots about Glow obviously, but now it's. I don't know. It's just never come to the top of my list. Mm. I guess. I think you will enjoy. I think when you get round to it, you will find an appreciation as a wrestling fan and probably as a you know a good t- good good TV lover. Mm. As true, well. true. Although then again, you'd criticise me because I haven't seen The West Wing. So. Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, I do love good TV, but do I even know what good TV? Yeah, is? Yeah, I mean, you brought up Smallville the other week, so you know, do we really need I to? to, to get there again. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I'm going to took a lot of my life. Yeah, it, it, the pain. It, 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 it's it, the pain, it, it, mate. God, You've yeah. got to work through the pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to just cover one, one more, uh, one more, one more show that I watched. Now, uh, we'll be doing an HBO special shortly uh, for everybody who. That is will listening. be the next episode, episode six. Yeah. Um, so we will be covering HBO shows. Now, this is a brand new HBO show, so I couldn't really throw this in with the HBOs because it's quite simply a first episode. Now, it's called The Righteous Gemstones, um, and it's got John Goodman, Danny McBride, and Adam Devine. And okay. Devine, Devine. Not sure how you pronounce that. Pretty, pretty useless on Levine. Devine. 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 Okay. It's from uh, Workaholics, and if, you'd recognise if you saw him, you'd recognise okay. him from most okay. stuff. Fair enough. Um, so this is about a family of televangelists, mm-hmm. and it's like honestly hilarious. Absolutely, I love Danny McBride from loads of stuff. He's bound and down. Uh, I, I love that show. I thought it was hilarious. This is just a little gem, literally a gemstone. Uh, it, it, no joke, I watched the first episode and I don't find myself laughing out loud mm. to many shows and no. I did with this. Oh, that's I really, good. really did. Um, no, I'm always happy for a, a show that, like you say, when you're watching something on your own, it's yeah. difficult to laugh out loud sometimes. Yeah. But I always think that makes the show much more impressive yeah. if it has made you laugh out loud while you're sat in a dark room on your own. Yeah, well, dark room. Who says? So, for those of you who don't uh, necessarily pick up all of these shows, you know what? The Righteous Gemstones is a little gem, I would say. It really, really is. Um, I, I think it will do quite well from what I've read. I think it's been the f- highest debuted HBO show in a good few years, okay. which is always a good indication. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for good stuff from the good rest stuff. of the series. A dark comedy, uh, which is my bread and butter. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's. That's been my watch list for, for the last week or so, really. How about yourself? Um, let me just look through my notes, because I've got... Let's let's choose three, then. I will name a TV show, because I, I started watching a TV show this week on uh, Netflix called Woo Assassins, yep, yep. which is... Almost mentioned that. Uh, martial arts doodah. Have you watched any of it, or...? I have got to the last two oh, episodes. Blimey. Okay, last I'm two still, episodes. like, episode four or five. Okay, yeah, I've got to the last two episodes. Um, it's interesting then, because now you'll see. I feel there's a little bit of. I, I feel like I'm watching Avatar: The Last Airbender at times. Yeah, I get. Not you. in a bad no, way no, no, either, no, I get but you. because of the the elements that come into yeah, play, sure. the sort of mystical <laughs> spirit realm that he goes off into yeah, at times. Um... And I said to you when we were talking about it before, mm-hmm. he's. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, this is a martial arts 
uh, show uh, featuring well, most of the cast of the raid or the raid two. If you've seen them, as well as there's characters from Into the Badlands. I'm not sure whether Into the Badlands. I think it's uh, definitely one Iron of Fist. them is from Into the Badlands. Really and then other ones I mean, are from yeah. Iron Fist yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, anything martial arts, basically, that you've seen in the last five years probably features one of these guys. But it's quite good. But I, the bit that I dislike is I felt that the because uh, he gets imbued with powers of a thousand monks, yep. if I remember rightly. Yep. Um, and then he can go off to some sort of spiritual realm mm-hmm. to learn his how to use the monk's power. But time doesn't seem to pass normally when he's in the spirit realm. Yeah. But there, there was, a, I, I don't know whether it's episode three or four, but there was a bit where I was watching and it was building up to a fight and then suddenly it cut. Mm. Went to the mystical realm, mm-hmm. spent 15 minutes in the mystical realm, then came back and it was at the start of the fight still. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but you'd built up the tension and the thing for the fight and then all of that dissipated because you cut off to this spiritual realm thing that where there's no peril or, you know, it's yeah. just the, the plot device. All I will say is that, I mean, I think it's, I think it's enjoy- it is enjoyable, but I'm not going to lie, I have found countless plot holes in this thing. Mm. Um, I can't say too much because you've not, finished yet and neither have I to be honest but there are countless plot holes and countless points within it I, I appreciate where it's it's coming from but as a story at times my god it's lacking like th- there are certain things within it that I'm like okay so you've got this American uh, sorry this girl who can suddenly speak American who's speaking to a guy in Scotland in his native tongue but then switches back to an American accent yet America's not been you know there's little things like I that see what you mean. Yeah. um I mean, I get it. I, I get that you're using it an actress, and it, it's a TV show at the end of the day. But unfortunately, I think we get into a point where there's so much seriousness taken in certain aspects of TV that little bits like that are the bits that piss me off. Um, yeah, I, 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 there right. are other things as well. I won't say you've too got much. To keep, it's the consistency. You know, it is. That's what it is for it me. Is. If you're going to do the English accents all the way around and English voices mm-hmm. all the way around English dialogue, do it. Mm-hmm. Don't mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't one scene be doing the native tongue like you say and then switch back and go right now we're back to normal american even though i'm not an american character yep. talking to a non-american character yeah yeah oh, i get that yeah um i will give it till the end of the season and then see where we're at but it, it's been entertainment is what i can say yeah that's it i found it entertaining but uh, you know the fact i haven't been back to it and have been quite happily watching other stuff you know probably tells something of the story as well um what did I watch this week? Uh, Brightburn. New film out this year, Brightburn. It's got the uh, our man James Gunn is uh, yes, producer I on it, I believe. This and I one. think I his know of this. two brothers, if I remember rightly, wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit of a stop me if you've heard it, because spaceship crash lands in <laughs> Kansas <laughs> with a small baby inside. Mm-hmm. And the local family on the farm find the thing and find the spaceship and bring it back and take the baby and adopt him Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And things pass quite happily for 10 to 12 years. And we come back when the child's a teenager Mm -hmm. and starting to develop odd powers. Mm. And again, you're thinking, "Mm, I've seen this. this You know, so far, so familiar. And it it turns it on its head. Mm -hmm. Absolutely turns it on its head. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's a great film. It's it's what if what if Superman was a bratty teenager like he gets to his teenage years and and when he finds out that he's a superhero or he's come from he's an alien. He's come from space and his parents have been lying to him for his entire life. Like what if Superman didn't take that very well? Yeah. Because he's a teenager and he's got hormones racing about and he's I getting powers to be doing doing what whatever the fuck else. Is going on? Yeah. And he goes mental mm-hmm. and like he likes a girl. So he sneaks into the girl's house and then the girl's telling him to leave and he's like, No, you can't make me leave <laughs> And it's fucking scary. Yeah. Because you're like, shit, I never thought about that. Yeah. What if Superman just didn't want to fucking do something? Yeah. He just wouldn't do it. Yeah. And yeah, it's violent, it's nasty, it's yeah. gory, and and when I say nasty, I don't just mean like the gore is nasty. I mean it's it's sometimes you know what he's saying, what he's doing. It's just nasty. nasty. There's no redeeming quality yeah. there sometimes, yep. and that can work. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. 
But I feel in this case it really does. And it's also about 90 minutes long, mm-hmm. which is a perfect runtime for a horror film. Yeah. And it is a horror film. It starts out as a bit of a thriller, I suppose, because you're like, ooh, what's going to happen? But if you know your stuff, you know exactly what's going to happen because of the way the mood is put across to you and the tone of the film comes across in the first place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was a really interesting twist on a story that I did not think... You yeah, no, I'd, I'd heard about it. I had heard about yeah, it. Yeah, the only way I would ever divisive. watch that film, that um, idea again, is Red Sun, yeah. which is a comic this book. This is it, yeah. That that tells the story if Superman had crash landed in Russia instead of you know Middle America, and he was brought up as the Russian, you know, the Russian Superman, and that's a very interesting spin on the story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I found that really good. And yeah, anyone who's a fan of a good tight little horror film, I, I think it's well worth well worth our look the other thing i watched this yesterday and <sighs> i want to bring it up because not because it's good but because i don't know why it doesn't work go on men in black international i've got it on the watch list i have it doesn't work yeah i didn't imagine and it i would. don't know why yeah. it's chris hemsworth and tessa thompson yeah. we know that works yeah. we've seen it yeah. in thor ragnarok yeah. It works. Yeah. They are great they play off each other really well is it franchise fatigue it, i don't know mate i the problem, I think part of the problem is that Chris Hemsworth's character is a dick. Mm-hmm. And he is arrogant. He's so far up his own ass, it's ridiculous. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. You don't like him. Mm. And you do like Tessa Thompson, but what they've done is she's the Will Smith. Right. But she's more intelligent than he is because she's found that the men in black exist. Mm-hmm. She has like a, you know, an experience when she's young. Obviously, as soon as I saw this sequence and she has a meeting with an alien that she let, then let, lets go. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows anything about films is going, right, so later on, <laughs> we're going to meet that alien, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to be all grown up, and he's going to recognise her, and it's going to be a, an ex machina oh, to get her out of the oh, situation. What a, what a surprise that happens sure, at the end, you sure. know? Oh, yes, I, the, the random words of alien gibberish I told you on the night that I met you mean I will kill anyone you want without asking any questions. Yep. It's like, oh, isn't that convenient? That's exactly what she needs right now. Yeah. But, yeah, it just, she she's clever. She finds the men in black. She walks into men in black in a suit and everything. Mm-hmm. She's totally confident in herself, and she gets hired. They, but it just, doesn't work oh, it just doesn't work yeah. and i don't know why because i wanted to like it all the way along there's a really funny bit because emma thompson is now the head of mm-hmm. men in black uh in america the american branch and she says men in black she's like yeah don't don't even get me started mm-hmm. i've had that with the marketing people mm-hmm. and pr and they're just telling me just don't get me started on it and i, f- I thought it's really funny mm-hmm. and then later on in the film chris Hem- um, hemsworth is uh saying to somebody he's like we're the men in Men and women in black, you know, and it's. But he turns around to her and does like a big cheesy thumbs up, as if to go, "Hey, I got you back." I'm inclusive. And it's like, oh, yeah. come on, don't do that bit. Yeah. Just do the first line. No, it's. Yeah. I, I, I want to uh, say the yeah. other bit is the director because it's directed by F. Gary Gray. Okay. And you may not know. No, yeah. Who he no, is. Yeah, I, I yeah, know. Yeah. I, I went through his stuff because I know he did the Italian Job remake yeah. in 2003, yeah. which wasn't a terrible film. But it's not great. It's, not great it's nothing. And the more I looked through his back catalogue, the more I went, hmm, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just a bit nothing. Yeah. And like, but he did Law Abiding Citizen, which yeah. is Jared Butler and Denzel Washington. Yeah. Perfectly serviceable thriller. Not not brilliant, though. But it's, it's, uh, it's... Fast and the Furious 8. Yeah. Okay, it's, the it's pain by numbers, the basically. Exactly. That's, that's, that's all it is. He's a pain by numbers kind of Having guy. said that, he did do Friday. Back the original Friday. Okay, yeah. but that's, that's and is that the original? Because I've yeah, never seen any of the Friday yeah, films. That would so be I know the original. You, you like your yeah. Fridays? Yeah, yeah. So no, I did, yeah, back maybe in the day, he did have some Fridays. talent, or maybe it's just he only shows up when he's directing something that he's passionate about. You know, something Precisely. he's got more of a connection to. This is it. Because he has done, as I was looking through, he's done some other, he's uh, uh, some other films with a mostly black cast, like yeah. Straight Out of Compton, yeah. which was the Run DMC. Sound like an idiot. Is it Run DMC story? I was going to say the Public Enemy story, but I'm wrong then. So anyway. It's then whatever, wasn't it? It was a a, um, a real life story anyway. But apparently that was quite well reviewed. So like I said, maybe it's just that, that when it's a subject matter that he's closer to and he likes, that he'll show up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a bit... I say, yeah, you're right. Paint by numbers. 
I, I didn't like Chris Hemsworth. You name me a film where you don't like Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Unless he's deliberately playing an arsehole, like in oh, the National Lampoon for Vacation remake. He's in that, and he's actually quite funny in that. Mm. No, it's uh, it, it, it's on my watch list because you know I've seen all the others. That franchise has gotten worse as it went along anyway. Uh, yeah. And and uh, that's the thing you wanted somebody to come in and reboot this franchise with a little bit more oomph, uh, perhaps perhaps that's a it. better director. Don't put than, it on a you know, steady pair of hands. That's it. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm a Hollywood director. Have you done anything good? No, I've just do mm. films. And oh, maybe right, that then. is why it worked in yeah. Ragnarok mm-hmm. because you put them with. Why, something t- fresh oh crikey I've forgotten how to pronounce his name Taika I'm going to call him Taika because I know how to say his first name I've forgotten his last name now. Waititi what, yeah what you said so maybe it's <laughs> that when they showed up for work with him he's a more of an auteur an yeah. auteur sorry mm-hmm. than a a standard director you yeah. know he, he gets involved a bit more and wants a bit more out of it and again the you know you look at the cast and the people and I reckon it's probably that they just had a bit more fun. Yeah. And that's why the banter was a bit easier mm. and the charisma came across a lot better and Thor wasn't an unlikable character and such. I, yeah, I, I just scratched my head for about half an hour afterwards going, why? Why did I not like that? Mm. And yeah, it's a difficult one. But there you go. Let's hope they don't do any more. Although I actually thought at the end, because she says something about, oh, okay, Tessa Thompson, you're now going back to New York because she goes to the London office for the episode. It's like, yeah, you're coming back to you New York now. It's like, actually, would I, would I mind that? Tessa Thompson and her part, her, her New York partner doing the New York Men in Black thing. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I'd maybe go along with that. But they have to do something about the Men in Black title if they're going to keep putting women at the front of it because it just doesn't work. Mm. I'd, I'd, you know, if it was me, I'd go acronym. Just call it MIB. Don't ever explain what it stands for. Mm. Just call them the MIB. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. Okay. So, we are here for our discussion now of Die Hard. She just killed the helicopter with a car. How's that, bullets? Classic, classic, classic. Die Hards. Yes, indeed. I was going to say Die Hard initially is the classic action comedy. I'd say there's many, many... That, you know what, that is literally... That look, that, look, look at the first words I wrote yeah. in my notes. Action I... stroke comedy. Yep, absolutely. It's an action comedy and... Uh, Christmas movie. I uh, I forced it. Well, I didn't force, but the good lady teacher indoors sat and watched the first three with me. I wasn't going to put it through four or five, but... No. The first three I, I thought were worthwhile. Um, and yeah, just like the first one, she was like, oh, I didn't expect it to be this funny. I yep. was like, well, this, this is what it was. It was 19 action, 90s action comedies. I know it was released in 88, but still, it, it that genre sort of grew around this stage and you... You know, you got all the lethal weapons and those sort of things that came off off it as well. But the initial one, I think the first Die Hard, a lot of people would probably put at the top of the list. I, I think, think they most probably people would. would. Yeah, it's on rewatch <laughs> though. I mean, I I hate speaking ill of Alan Rickman, but I did notice his accent's not great. <laughs> Please God, no! You're one of them, aren't you? You're one of them. Murder. Don't kill me, please! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, please! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Relax, relax! I'm not gonna hurt you. Which accent? I mean, he uses like three different accents, doesn't he? He's supposed to be German, yeah. And so he sort of does a German accent to start with, but Mm. then he kind of drops it at times and just doesn't bother. Yeah. It's when he says certain words. It's like when he said, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho, ho, ho! He sort of says that in a German accent, Mm. and then the next minute he's saying the same sort of syllables in a totally English. Professor Snape almost voice. Yeah. And then yes, he does the American redneck thing at the end, doesn't he? Oh, oh, yeah. oh you're gonna shoot me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is cracking. But yeah, I. Other than that, I mean, I can't find a huge amount of bad stuff in it. I, no, I love, it's. I I like every part of the film. This is this is the thing. I think the the secondary characters are really good. That was just, yeah. Because you know you. Because I I wrote this after I wrote my notes afterwards and I've written Al, Holly, Ellis. Mm-hmm. And it's like. I, I wouldn't be able to name you secondary characters from a lot of action movies of this no. ilk because they're just undefined nonsense, no. you know? It's the the actual connection that I think... The, this is one of the things that I think we'll pick up in some of the later ones. The actual connection he seems to have, whether it as an actor or, or as a character, the actual connection he has with Hans Gruber, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with Rickman. They, you know, they bounce well. Or, even though they're, they're on opposite sides of a goddamn walkie-talkie, they bounce off well against each yeah. other. Again, same with Reginald Val Johnson. 
Sergeant Powell. Uh, you yes. know, again, he works well off of each other, and by the time you get to the end where they give each other a hug, you're like, that's the foundation yes. of a great friendship already. Exactly. You can you can feel that. You can you can get that sense of it. Um, it's it's weird because the supporting cast isn't there as much, and you know, in the sense of you know they're sub parts of it. Mm. We'll get. I think we'll we'll get to some of the the supporting cast a little bit later in a couple of the other ones. Uh, but for this one, it is very much driven as a John McClane film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's all him. Most of the you know the yep. the, the, the action he has his little that, side, his yeah. man to play off, which is Al yeah. a lot of the time yeah. to sympathise with, and then he's got the the banter with Alan Rickman's yeah. Hans Gruber as yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, I you know I I don't. I mean, within the first fifteen minutes of this. We've already got humour going into it. We've already yeah. got an understanding of who this character is. He's, you know, he's he's estranged from his wife. We've got, you know, with Rickman and, and all these guys coming in. Okay, we, we're clearly knowing that they're going to rob this place. And within the first fifteen minutes, we've got half of the plot mm-hmm. already nailed down. We know, yeah, what's what's happening, what where it's going. The later films seem to avoid this entirely. They they basically avoid the idea of a plot right from the get go. I I I. Not necessarily two and three. I'm talking four and five, but we'll get to those. Um, I think it's the, the, the... You know what? As you said, this is that, that benchmark of 90s era. The, the, this is the common formula for action films for the next decade. Mm. If you look if you look back to your, your your films coming after... I mean, obviously, Lethal Weapons, we know there's the, the, the tie in there. Um, you know, but you, you've got Speed coming out over the next decade. You've yeah, got Under yeah. Siege. You've got The Rock. You've got The Matrix. All of these follow this same action kind of formula there's still the hints of comedy etc but they follow this particular kind of formula and it's originated from here yeah and this yeah, is totally this agree. is this is where it is um and a big shout out i think uh, we, we we talked about this briefly off off podcast was uh, was the composer michael Kamen. Indeed. this is yeah. a huge huge Fantastic. thing for me was a huge huge influence on the way that this film edited itself together sound wise mm-hmm. um, yeah absolutely but he does the next two or three doesn't he? he does the next two he does do next the next two, two yeah. uh, until uh, and again until going, away. You know, lethal weapon comes up again because at, yeah. around this time he was your man yeah. you're doing an action comedy you get michael Kamen yeah. on to do the music that's what you do yeah so yeah he pops up time and again and obviously you and i both love him for his work with metallica as well course, back yeah in yeah the michael Kamen, maestro at the helm um so yeah i the only thing i i do think a small discussion on, on on this one. I I drop my sentiments that it's a Christmas film. Uh, yeah, I know it's. Uh, I think this I was is very perhaps divisive. using that for yeah. years because I yeah. wanted to watch it instead of like <laughs> yeah. Miracle on Thirty Fourth yeah, Street. No, or totally. Um, but yeah, no, totally. But for me, the key is: can you put the film in any other period of time mm-hmm. during the year mm-hmm. and have it not be affected? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think it's absolutely the case because you just need a party. Yeah. So it could be someone's leaving do it could be new years it could be halloween it could be anything exactly so i yeah i've i've dropped it now i did argue with bruce willis when a couple of years back he was quoted as saying no it's not a christmas film i was like shut up you yeah just because you were in it you think you know i know we've had this argument i think i think he's right yes as much as i'd love it to be a christmas film yeah no yeah yeah yeah, definitely um so that will take us into two man i can't fucking believe this another basement another elevator the same shit happened to the same guy twice. Which... Indeed, which came, he says, looking through his notes, <laughs> about two years later. Two years 19, later. 19, 91 depends, because yeah. it was released towards the end of the year. And again, my, yeah, my first note is really quick to get going. Eight to ten minutes yeah. in, and we've already had McLean go rogue. Because yeah. the funny thing I realised more and more as I watched them is, He's gone Jack Bauer. Mm-hmm. That's just what I kept thinking to myself. And I was like, no, he's not gone Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer went John McClane. Yep. That's what happened. Yep. He is what John McClane was. Yep. That's where Jack Bauer came from. Yep. Of course it is. Um, but yeah, he just goes rogue and does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Um, again, I actually think it's a really good film. I it is. A lot of it people is. have always derided too mm-hmm. as being the i don't know i always heard it was the worst so that was probably at the time time when there was a trilogy yeah yeah that's it and everyone went oh the die hard trilogy is pretty good but the weakest ones too Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's a bad film um i actually asked yeah i was talking to this about me with my family around the table and my mum said that's her favorite there you go the second one's her favorite so i was like oh okay and yeah third note is on rewatch it's risen in my estimation Mm -hmm. and it starts out very simple 
but gives us the twist at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, something I like quite a lot about these early ones, particularly, is that they don't. A lot of films now use dramatic irony to keep us interested. So yeah. we we know what the the robber's actual end game is yeah. right from the start, yeah. and then we watch the characters learn that as they go along. They don't really use that with particularly these first three. They mm-hmm. they leave us knowing as much as mm-hmm. the central characters. Mm-hmm. And all right, maybe when we get to three, we do see because we see bits and pieces that they don't see, so yeah. we can put things together faster. But but certainly with these two, because there's the whole twist at the end with the the blank and the live ammunition. Yeah, the, the, you know, and, yeah. Oddly and enough, that's I've got not that a huge down thing. Here, yeah. It's a small reference. It's a surprise. Yeah, I've I've got this here. You know, it's my note here. You know, plot easy to establish, no complications, no confusion. Still some surprises. Yeah, that's it. Doesn't mean it's doesn't mean it's simple. Doesn't mean there isn't no. something to keep you interested. No. Um, cameo shout out to Robert Patrick as one of the randoms who dies in the sky. And John Magismo. Which one's he? He's also is one he of the, one of yeah, them? Yeah, he's also one of the I randoms as well. I didn't see in there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know Robert Patrick's in yeah, there, yeah. but ha, I didn't know he was one of them as well. Yeah, there's quite a few people. You kind of look at the back cast and go, oh my God, is that such and such? And yeah, and one that's... of my faves is uh, Windsor Air. Uh, the, the beautiful British stereotypes. Who have I got, yeah, have I got written down, down there? Who have I got? Good old Cole Meany. Cole Meany. Um, a bit of Cole Meany. Who, who doesn't? Who, who isn't a Star Trek fan yeah, and doesn't, doesn't love Cole Meany? It's crazy, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I love the British stereotypeness of it as well. It's because it's Windsor Air. Well, we get you in the air just uh, like yeah, British Rail. We may not be fast, love, like British Rail, oh but we get you in the end. Like, oh Jesus Christ! Jesus. Yeah, at the time, had you been on British Rail? Because British Rail was fucking atrocious okay, so... way back then. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh hey, we're just like British Rail, love. We may be late, but we get you there. Don't worry. I'm not sure which was worse, whether it was worse back then or worse now. But, oh yeah. Um. Anyway, there you go for our international fans. <laughs> Should there be any, there's a, a quick debrief on British Rail for you. Um, so yeah, I again, I yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, I, it's a good film. It rose in my estimation. Yeah, William, William Sadler was a great villain. Oh, I love that guy. Um, now he was uh, Bogus Journey. He was the ghost. Uh, death was he? Because I get him confused with Robocop, Peter Weller. Oh, uh, okay. Because they both sort of do cool villainy things later on in life sure. like he did that and then uh, Peter Weller was in the Star Trek Into Darkness yep. and was an awesome villain in that as well um, but I always I don't know why I just get them confused in my head no yeah. Lance um, Hendrickson's another one I see a, a, one there. of the things that I love about this as well is uh, again for the, the early 90s kind of cliches fax machines he yeah. doesn't know how to use a fucking fax stuff. machine yeah. uh, and he's like circling stuff and then oh yeah woo, we've got these phones on the planes now as well yeah. and I'm like we're at an age where, like, literally every person has a mobile phone in their fucking pocket. Yep. And I was just laughing when I was watching this. I was like, this is so 90s. Oh, yeah, but I loved it. I loved that little element of it. Um, and again, return. Michael Kamen again. Back in, back in. And you can... These are the notes when you were... You know, when you were into it and you can feel the certain action scenes mm-hmm. uh, playing off into the next and those little notes come and hit home. Yeah, it works. It works good, yeah. massively. So we then... Moved on to 1995. Yep. Good few years after then. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Now, up until this point, none of the Die Hard films had been original screenplays. Mm. They were actually based on books. Uh, the first book was, he says, quickly flicking back to his notes, uh, based on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever mm. by Thorpe. What was his name? Roland Thorpe? Robert Thorpe? Something like that. Anyway. R. Thorpe. Yeah, because it then says throughout the rest of them, <laughs> yeah. certain characters created by okay. Roderick Thorpe is always just after the story or screenwriting credit now, for then, Roderick. I'm going to say Roderick. Okay, Roderick we'll Thorpe, Roderick. we're going okay. with. I have written it down in my notes on <laughs> one of them here somewhere. But anyway, um, uh, this one. Um, my little factoid of this one is that the script for this was originally written as uh, the script for Lethal Weapon 4, hmm. which is why... I feel it's the least die-hard die-hard. Because okay. it's not about him. It's not about well, John McClane. Well, he's got he's got Zeus with him the whole way through. Yeah, that's true. He's got his mate. Yeah. And they have to work together to do it. Yeah. It's not John McClane on his own yeah. going rogue, solving the thing like it normally is. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time, yeah. all that stuff. This is where, actually, where, where you say that, this is where, as I said 
when we're discussing the first one, um, this is where a support cast actually came in. Mm. If you if you look at yep. this well, compared to the others, you had all right, you had Holly McLean, you know, up in the plane. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a couple of people in the tower, whatever. You you had them doing shit. You didn't really have them doing anything. Whereas the NYPD, his you know comrades, uh, camaraderies, or whatever you want to call, they were actually doing something. They were mm -hmm. going around the city. They were looking for the bomb. Yeah. They actually got kids out of the school. There was actually like they focused on for enough of them, three yeah. or four of them. Yeah. They brought to the forefront yeah, yeah. and went right. Okay, so this lady is unfortunately a typical nineties lady character yeah. who is belittled by the men all the time and told to shut up far more than she should be mm -hmm. but there you go that's the nature of the beast mm -hmm. um and then you've got this character who's of native american descent and so you can see they're trying to hit the ethnicity tick boxes because it was the mid 90s so we had to start trying mm -hmm. um and like i say unfortunately even though they hit the tick boxes by putting these cast members in there in a bigger role I don't feel they're written particularly well or given very much to no, do. You no. could maybe argue the Native American guy because he leads the running out thing. Mm -hmm. But you've got Charlie, the um, the bomb expert. Big fat bull guy. Exactly. But you remember him. You remember he's a big fat bull guy because they give you enough about him. He, he has his funny couple of moments. Exactly. Yeah. They know about him. He finds the first bomb. He does the little explodey thing, which is a nice bit of foreshadowing for later mm -hmm. on when we need it, you yeah. know? And yeah, I think... It's it's one of my favourites, definitely, and I won't say where I side until we get to the end. Mm -hmm. But for a long time, for a long time, this was top of the list, and it may still be for all anyone knows. Ooh, Ooh spooky, sp cryptic. But it, it's definitely one of my favourites because, <laughs> yeah. because, but it's because of the interplay. It's because of yes. the film itself. It's because of the script. And yes, we go back. The baddie is Simon Gruber. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, so there's the tie back to McLean there. Yep. Um, it's just every time I hear, every time I heard Samuel L. Jackson shout McLean, in my head, I replaced it with, um, oh Christ, I forgot his name. I don't know who you're talking about. Not Donald Glover. The, Danny the, Glover. The, uh, thank you, Danny Glover. I forgot his first name for a minute. Danny Glover saying yeah. Riggs. Yeah. I just, in my head, he's going, Riggs! Okay. And if you do that, would you watch the film? It's a Lethal Weapon movie all right. the way through. You don't even it's... have to do very much. You just replace one with the other. Yeah. Because I, I believe it was written as the intention was that it was uh, South Africans who had come back right. to get rigs. Right. So the opening sequence where he has to put a billboard on in mm -hmm. Harlem, which, hello, that wouldn't happen these days. Oh, no. I don't even think that no, no, scene no, no, would no, happen no, no. these days. No, certainly that was, it, certainly the camera would not watch. show you that it's hard to watch board. when the when the, an old lady walks past and he's and you just kind of go oh in this day and age I'll be like it's just oh, because they take so long and they do it as a surprise yeah. don't they and then the, he turns round and you yeah. see what's written on the board oh, and you're like God. oh wow okay yeah I have thought everything of it I don't even think I knew what it was back in '95 I'd have been what 13 how would I even know what that term meant mm. I've no idea but you know you wouldn't do it these days no either it's too way. divisive but, now. yeah the point was supposed to be that that would be that would have been Riggs and mm -hmm. uh, Murtaugh would have saved him and that would have been them coming back together again apparently yeah. and it would have turned out that it was one of the a relation of the South Africans that they killed in Lethal Weapon 2 would have been the baddies but... yeah no I mean I, I, I remember reading that this was supposed to be uh, a Lethal Weapon whether it would have actually been a successful Lethal Weapon I've no idea but as a well 4 wasn't that successful well, either but... Uh, but as a diehard film I think it did very well the Again, I think what was beneficial for this one compared to 2, which is why I think people overshadow 2 in some respects, is the chemistry between Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. Oh, absolutely. Is, is paramount from the get-go. There is something there. There's something special. The fact that we know they go off uh, afterwards and do a few films, you know, Unbreakable yeah. together and, uh, and yeah. whatnot. We know that there is a connection between the two of them. They clearly enjoyed having a great yeah. time doing this film. Um, it, it was so much fun is the thing that I took away from this film. It was a fun film. Not just the craziness. It was mm -hmm. fun in the respect of you had, uh, you know, plot fun. You, you actually, from the get-go, there's a huge explosion, as you said. Right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Straight into it. Okay, yep. we're putting him in a bad situation. You know, we're, we're going to give him a challenge. We're going to give surprises. Uh, all of the riddles, all of the puzzles. The amount of times that I would speak to people and throw them the, you know, I met a man on my way to... Oh, St. Ives. Yeah, yeah, yeah St. Yeah. Ives. And the amount of times that I would use that 
and knowing that if people didn't know the answer to that, they'd never seen Die Hard with the Vengeance. Yeah, that's it. And it just made me laugh because, yeah, you could trick people out with that, mm. which which I loved. Mm. Jeremy Irons is great. Uh, he isn't um, Alan Rickman in the sense of no. that twisted villain. He's like, okay, I'm a bit more methodical. I'm going to still go. Yeah. He, he just didn't. He was good. And I don't get the thing with him and the, the girl. The, the girl. No. It's, okay. Yeah. He she I dumps her fellow for Jeremy Irons suddenly. Yeah, what was that all about? Because there's that whole sequence at the end. And yeah. I that that just kind of came. I out don't really of understand that bit, but. But again, no. the chemistry between Bruce Willis and Jeremy Irons, again, over radios and phones, there's comedy there. There's comedy. There's genuine comedy throughout yep. the entire thing. Samuel L. Jackson joins in on the comedy, which is something, again, that that's even towards the end of it, they're laughing and joking. Jeremy Irons is banging this chick on a table, and she starts shooting at him. He's like, oh, you pissed her off. The yeah. comedy, even at that Absolutely. point, into, into the stressful situation. One of my favourite lines is the, the one about... Um... You mean I'm in this shit because some white dude threw some white dude's brother off of some... <laughs> it's yeah. like white dude problems. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with it. Um, I'll send it to you anyway, it's one I've written down that I want. Uh, the action scenes as well. For this one, more so than the second one. They, they... Take away... You, you must not include the aqueduct sequence at the end where the lorry's getting pushed along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. include no, that no, no, that no, looked no, no. hokey oh, as Oh, yeah, it, it didn't look hokey <laughs> as hell. But there's so many great action sequences yeah. throughout this entire no. thing. The explosion with the subway, everything that gets destroyed... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just fantastic. Yeah. The, that and again, when you think about point, it now, that's... That... That's physical, practical stunt work. Yeah, yeah. That is not CG. This is it. This is this is exactly my notes here. Lack of CG. Mm. Lack of CG in in an era where we're now filled with such CG for every little nuance, every little explosion, every little twist and turn. Yeah, it all CG'd. needs a tweak. It needs a bit of CG. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was green screen essentially is what they've used back then. Because mm-hmm. that's why the the truck stuff looks awful. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's because it's green screen. Yeah, not not CG. If you'd fully CG the whole thing, I mean, but back then you didn't have the tech to do it because I mean what's that 95 with pre-Jurassic Park there mm-hmm. no just after just after we? yeah was it 93 Jurassic but again Park, it, was, it but... would have you know been expensive but it, again it wouldn't have been fitting within the style of the film mm. um, but that that's it again it's it's a classic sequel it's a classic sequel in, in, in the respect of you look at an original film and then you look at a sequel this is one of those ones where you go you know what it's a good sequel. It's yeah. not a shitty sequel. It's a good sequel mm. for me. And the second one obeyed standard sequel logic. Do mm-hmm. everything again, but bigger. Mm-hmm. I read something the other day that uh, Kevin Feige from Feige? Feige? I don't Feige. know how to say it. Feige. Right, okay. I've always said Kevin Feige, but people seem to say Feige these days. I don't know. Anyway, the head of Marvel, or the mastermind behind a lot of Marvel. An article the other day saying that he's um, talking about where he learned to do his, I think it was, right, so let's clarify this. I think it was Drew Pierce mm-hmm. who wrote Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. was talking about how he realised, how Kevin Feige realised how to do sequels. Yeah. So he started out with the standard sequel logic which was, you know, you do everything again but bigger. Yeah. Iron, Iron, Iron Man 2. Thor 2. Thor 2. Yeah. They didn't work so well. Yeah. So then, that's when he went well, let's just take the character and put it in a different genre. Here comes Cap. And the first one he did of that Winter was Soldier. Cap Winter Soldier worked a treat. Yep. So then they went off and did everything mm-hmm. else. And, and it's interesting because those ones back then, that was the formula. Mm-hmm. If you think about, I've always loved the the Rush Hour films for that. The Rush Hour is, um, the first one is Jackie Chan is the fish out of water. Mm-hmm. The second one is Chris Tucker's the fish out of water. Mm-hmm. The third one, what do you do? They both need to be the fish out of water. So you send them to Europe. Yep. And it's like, that was the standard thing. You do... One for one, the opposite for two. Third one, send them to Europe. Yeah. And for a while, that was a pattern in the movies. But yeah, this one manages to do what it what it needs to do without having to fall into those traps, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, now, so then, now, we thought we were done, I think. Uh, we did, for, for years. Stage, for years, I, yeah, I mean, we thought you're we talking were done. 12 years 12 before years. we got Die Hard 4.0, as we call Jesus it in this country, Christ. which is crap. What are we doing? It's a little thing they invented back in the 60s called jogging. You're going to love it. Come on. In the United States, they got Live Free or Die Hard, which I think is a far better title. Makes no sense. No. But is a far better title for a Die Hard film. Um, so this one was directed by... Len Wiseman, mm-hmm. who did like the Underworld 
crap and mm. the remake of Total Recall with Colin Farrell. Whoa, that's and a shining star if ever I heard one. Jesus. Was married to Kate Beckinsale? Is? I don't know. Was. Has she starred in Underworld since? So if, if he's done an Underworld film without Kate Beckinsale, they're not together anymore. I don't know. I think, I think the they were still buddies. It's like Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter. You can tell know. when they got to, they split up because mm-hmm. she stopped appearing in his films because otherwise he's in all, she's in all of them. Mm. Now, Die Hard 4.0. Jesus. I... You know what? I really enjoyed it. I did it back. I did not. I think I'm a little bit in love with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's I think barely that's the in it, dude. I know, but I love her. Oh, good God! I don't love her from this film. I have to be. I have to make clear. Well, I was going to say she's, she, uh, she's Ramona she Flowers. She is the cliche to me. of uh, a shitty daughter in this film. Yeah, yeah. They give because they give her the um, they give her the kind of hard ass parts. Mm-hmm. But then they make her a damsel in distress again two minutes later, and you're like, yeah, you've just undermined yeah. her being a fucking hard ass like mm-hmm. she was a minute ago. Yeah. I like Justin Long in it. Oh, see, the, I know like what? him. But the thing I put here, Justin Long, question mark, really? That is in my notes. Fair because enough. I fucking hate Justin Long. So I, I get that. Like, I like him, so I, I, I'm all right with him being in it, because I, I like him from Jeepers Creepers and some other stuff he'd done around the time. I think Kevin Smith's awful. But I don't think Kevin Smith really wanted to be in it, so I think that's I don't probably even know why Kevin why Smith is in this film. In it, no idea why he's in it. Cameo in it, geeks and stuff. Yeah, I suppose. Guess. Considering the I relationship like, he has with Bruce the thing Willis I like later about on in this years, one is you know, the whole. It's the it, it it is the one that is properly. Hey, Bruce Willis, you're old, mm. and you're still trying to do this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make lots of references to you being old. Mm. Like if you put old music on in the car, we're going to have the young kid reference that that's old music and it's rubbish. Um, the, my favourite line is Tim Oliphant saying, you're a Timex watch in a digital age. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think that, that rings true, uh, to a degree. I like Tim Oliphant. I, I like him. I, just, this I is, like this his is, oh. understated bad guy, as it is for most of it. Mm. And then he turns it up as he goes along. But for the most part, he's quite calm, relaxed, and he, he's not your typical bad, bad guy that we're used to seeing. Um, it goes back to a more standard diehard formula because it is McLean. Mm. Uh, wrong place, wrong time, mm. wrong guy. Mm-hmm. But fuck it, he's the only guy around to do it, so he's going to do it, and that's what makes him that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I really, I, I like the stunts in it as well. Again, the, like, that, you know, the, the there is some touches, and there is some visual is, yeah. stuff, and good God, the last sequence... The last set piece, because uh, I think this is where the film falls over, is that it's essentially four set pieces mm. strung together by some bits of dialogue and driving in between, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what you're here for, is four set pieces. Uh, and the last set piece is insanely bad and awful. I don't like it. Cause... The whole plane thing is just Yeah, the plane thing. Stupid. I mean, let's, let's not talk about the fact that that plane doesn't exist. Yeah. And we've never had that in Die Hard before. It's no. always been real world. Don't make up a plane just so it can hover. This isn't true lies. There is a plane this that was made li- this, that uh, can hover. Do you know what it's called? It's called a Harrier job jet. Tri- true lies. And I, at times I was looking at it, I was like, didn't they kind of do this shit in yeah, True Lies? But again, True like, Lies used a Harrier fucking jump jet because yeah, yeah, they yeah. knew that was the plane that yeah, exists yeah. that can hover. Yeah. They um, didn't make up an F-35. But the the uh, did you notice that the, the thing he's going up, mm. the, the motorway, because he just is turning mm. for ages on that truck, going up and up and up as he's doing it. It's an impossible structure. Mm. It doesn't. It, it couldn't exist mm. because it goes on for far too long. It's like the there's a runway in Fast and the Furious and they're trying to get up in the back of the plane. I think it's like four or five. Um, Fast and Furious four or five and they're trying to get on a plane and someone worked out that the, the uh, runway, because the plane comes down, sits on the runway for a while while they get all the cars on and then takes off again. But of course they have a battle while they're trying to get the cars on and stuff. So it's like a 20 minute sequence. So a plane is down on the runway for 20 minutes yeah. and everyone's driving at 80 miles an hour, yeah. 90 miles an hour. That's the longest runway in the world. Yeah, someone worked out it needed to be about 120 miles long <laughs> for it to actually occur. I was like, this is ridiculous. But, you know, it's the impossible structure because yeah. it, it's what you need. The bit where he th- uses the car into the helicopter, the, uh, you know, uh, I think that's really good. I think that's really good. Uh, I do. That's that's probably one of the few good parts about this film. And uh, I like the I like the, the that they brought the parkour guys in, the, the French mm-hmm. uh, baddies, uh, the... One of them in particular is one of the co-creators of Parkour, mm. who was in District 13, 
and essentially if you see a French bloke who's doing flippy parkour shit, mm-hmm. it's him. Okay. Batrock the Leaper. Yeah. In Captain America Winter yep. Soldier. Same guy. Oh, okay. And okay. he's the French, the main French dude that he fights in this. Right. And I like some of that because some of that, when he first fights them, he gets knocked to the side. And he's like, what the what the hell is the circus in town? Yeah. Because he's never seen anything like this. Yeah. He's used to bar fight, you know, sort of just fist, street fist fighting. Fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when he's doing all the parkour nonsense and flipping around pipes and stuff and kicking him in the face, I, I found that quite amusing. And again, it's it's another one of them doing, hey, you're, you're out of touch. Mm-hmm. You're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be here. But <sighs> this... I, I, as much as I like it, I am aware that I am oddly biased. And because you like it's... Mary Elizabeth. <sighs> yeah, and, and because I like some of the other characters yeah. in it. And see, I just, is... I'm like, I know it's not a good film. Yeah. I know, oh, this, I don't see, be wrong. This... I know it I, is I, not I, great. I'm, I'm, I've been buying back because this is oh, right okay so some of the notes that i made when i was watching this and it was it was easy to do because i'd watched it and i'd not enjoyed it the first time around when i'd watched it and mm-hmm. i was not looking forward to watching it again no. but one thing that i noticed within an hour of this film seriously within an hour of this film i wasn't even sure of what the fucking villain's name was didn't know his name because they'd never said it. No, because you only find that out about an hour and a half in, or something when the FBI bloke finally reveals so the, the secret he's been having keeping. Having known that who Hans Gruber is and how, who Simon Gruber is yeah, and, and William Finch's character, you knew who, you know, why, what motivations yeah, they had. Yeah, didn't yeah. didn't know what his name was. Didn't know his actual intentions. What the actual plot of the film was, aside from I'm trying to kill a bunch of hackers. Oh, and a fire sale. Do a fire which sale. Which is a what, what, what the what? hell's a fire sale? I don't. Yeah, know. Was... I, don't, I mean they do explain it, but it's like yeah, but what? Yeah, <laughs> I still don't really understand. No, because um, it's like yeah, we use we take off all the computer stuff, but then some of it we have to go on site for. So it's like, so it wouldn't work then. No, it wouldn't. It um, wouldn't work in this way because they've got plenty of time the, to go and sort this out. The villain, for me, uh, was, you know, the villain villains, you know, were, were just shit and forgettable. I just, uh, they, they will not go down as one of the best kind of diehard villains. Just wouldn't. I don't think he'll go down as the best, but I do, I do like some of Tim Oliphant's playoff with Bruce Willis. Mm. It's, um, particularly after he's killed his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And again, that that's gets, a pretty good that gets a bit, Yeah, but that gets a bit harsh, because he suddenly goes very racist and stuff. Uh, you know, he's like... Ooh. Well, yeah, I've written something like, we're all out of Asian bitches. Yeah, and I'm like... Yeah. You know, there's... I suppose, uh, like, with the language... Yeah, exactly. Days, but... Um, but, you know, this is a guy who, according to, according to the, the characters within it, was a patriot who went in and said, oh, yeah, our national security is, you know, compromised and hacks into NORAD and this, that and the other... And this is a guy who ends up crippling the country, completely destroying all power and services to the entire country. God knows how many people, civilians, have been hurt, injured, uh, stranded, need medical attention, blah, blah, blah. And he does it to try and steal some money. What kind of a fucking patriot has suddenly gone from, oh, okay, yeah, I want to protect well, the, our the, nation. To, what they say is that know, he's given up, don't they? they say, that's their oh. point, is that he's just decided, well, you're not going to listen to me, so essentially I'm going to throw my toys out of the pram. Yeah, he was like, uh, oh, that's just, some money. just shit. The tone just seemed off all over the place for me. You know, I, I agree with this. This humor. is the worst one for where the, the humour's too much sometimes. It was just off. Because you have big big sequences yeah. of total comic relief mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're thrown into the middle of another action set piece where there's supposed to be real stakes and you're supposed to be concerned about mm-hmm. people yeah. and you're just like yeah but I've just sat through a big comedy sequence with yeah. Kevin Smith where they're talking about Boba Fett yeah. and he's like no no I'm more of a Star Wars guy myself yeah. Bruce, Bruce like, Willis what? looks bored at times he genuinely looks bored yeah. and to me it looks like a couple of one liners is kind of what he gets through this film, and then it's like, yeah, payday. Well, they try give, and give me, do me, that, don't the they? Because the, the bit with the Die Hard films is, is there's always a bit where he's on his own doing something, and he's sort of reminiscing stroke um, moaning mm-hmm. about how he got here. So he's like climbing through the events. He's like, oh, yeah, come out to the coast. We'll yeah, get so together. Where, we'll where he's laughs. driving that car, uh, going for the helicopter, he does that. Exactly, exactly. he does yeah, that little yeah. bit. So they try, they try to bring it in. Yeah. It just doesn't ever hit the mark no, for me. No. Um, and, and again, chemistry. You've gone from having utter chemistry yeah, with someone like Samuel L. Jackson to him sitting Long. in a car with Justin fucking Long. And you know what's funny? Jesus I watched Christ. this one on DVD because I got the DVDs for the first four. So I watched. I actually went to try and watch the special features because mm. I wanted to know how much of the stunt work was, you know, what the visual effects stuff was like. No bonus features like that. But there is a gag reel. Of all things you'd expect, there's a gag reel. Now, 
it doesn't entirely surprise me because when this film was released in the cinema, it was the first one that was a 12 mm. or 12A as it probably was back then, which is why in the, I don't know what cut you watch, but the cut I've got is the 15 cut. So in the post, in the um, 12A, mm. he doesn't actually finish the classic line. He says, yippee ki mother, bang and pulls the trigger on the gun. So you don't ever hear the end of the line because I, he's not allowed I to say the expletive to, in yeah. that film because it's a 12A. Mm. But um, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Don't make Die Hard a 12A, for fuck's sake. But they were obviously so concerned that there wasn't the audience for it, they went for the 12A certificate mm. to bring it back in. And unfortunately, it somehow inspired, in 2013, a good day... To Die Hard. Jesus Christ. Which I do like as a title, but again, makes crap all sense, really. I mean, the first things I noted on this, and no joke, the first things, and you can see at the top of my page, even worse than four. How the hell have you gone from four to even worse? Um, And that that is saying a lot. There is literally no humour in this fucking thing. They try. A they, couple of God times they, damn, try. they try with Jai Courtney and Bruce Willis. I mean, my big downside for this is clearly they went, right, so four we've introduced his daughter, yeah. so let's do five about his yeah, son. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's also the first one that was a totally original screenplay. Yeah. What does that tell you? Because yeah. Die Hard 4.0 was based on a, Another, an article, yes. if I remember right, yes, or a correct. book of some description. Yeah. Um, so this was the first totally original screenplay written for it, and it's the worst freaking one. Oh, God, it's terrible. Um, now... I- Again, oh. what, what is the plot? Even an hour in, I don't even yeah. know the plot. I don't even know the plot. What? Who are these characters? They're nobodies. Yeah. What is the subtext of this? Nothing. Um, Willis's wit is just non-existent. He, I he barely, think this is the most phone it in for me. It, it basically, he really is just like, okay, give, give me, give me ten, fifteen million, and I'll just turn up. Yeah. I'll turn up. I'll say yippee ki yay, and I'll walk out again. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, the thing is, as I looked at it, again, the car chase at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's like an 11-minute car chase. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. Because they shot it yeah. all in Hungary, I think, yeah. or most of it. So it's, again, genuine, practical yeah. stunts, cars. I know there is some visual effect touching up in yeah. there, and you can see certain bits where it goes into visual effects. But it's, for me, a lot of the time in car chases, you're when you're in the chase car and you're following the car through a pack of traffic, it's so obvious that there were three cars on the road and you can spot those three real cars, mm-hmm. and then every other car is CG mm-hmm. crap, and you can tell. Whereas I, I couldn't see any CG cars in the traffic. Mm-hmm. The traffic looked genuine to mm-hmm. me, and it looked like they were smashing cars up when they were smashing cars up yeah. and stuff. And I thought that was great. The... But it, I actually got bored. Yeah. It's an 11 minute car chase yeah. sequence that's real, that's proper practical visual effects with stuntmen and everything that is normally right up my street. I'm fucking bored. And it amounts to nothing. Yeah. If you look at that, it actually amounts to nothing because by the time they've lost all these guys, they get to their safe house, they're at their safe house for less than five minutes, one guy's had his head blown off, the other guy's been shot in the arm, so you've not actually lost them. What was the point in an 11-minute fucking chase? It was absolutely fucking useless. Because this one is the truest case of four set pieces tied together by flimsy crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the plot I couldn't even begin to go into because it's a <laughs> it's some sort of triple cross bollocks. Yeah. By the time we get to the end of it. It's like you say, you don't know who Jai Courtney is, you just watch him kill someone in the first bit, then he ends up in prison with someone who's yeah. a baddie. Yeah. Then suddenly he's working with the baddie. Yeah. Oh hang on, he's CIA. Yeah. Oh hang on, no, it's all gone wrong since the CIA. Are they interested anymore? Have they disavowed? No, they disavowed. I don't know. Uh, sorry, he just doesn't know. seem to call them yeah. anymore and try and get he's help. Like, oh, I've been burned. No, you haven't. Yeah, it, I was going to say, it, what, you, you, you know, it's just, no. Just um, <laughs> the, the villains are more forgettable than ever. Literally, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. couldn't, I mean, I, honestly. I, I think I, his name is Karkaroff, and I could only tell you that because I watched it this morning. Okay, there you go. Um, the last half an hour this morning. His son is boring, and they have no chemistry. And I genuinely, I, I, I oh, was Jai watching Cordy, this. No, he's, he's crap. He's just so bad. He's just so he's bad. He's got and no charisma, and that's the problem. No, yeah, he massive, seems yeah. to suck. Well, either Bruce Willis turned up without charisma because yeah. he was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Or it was Jai Courtney just sucking it all out yeah. of him. I mean, you know, if you're going to do another Die Hard, at least put somebody who's decent in, in as, as Bruce Willis' son, for fuck's sake. Instead, what it looks to me is they've gone, um, how much is the budget? Oh, I don't know. 20, yeah. 30 million? Well, we've got to give 15 of that to Bruce, so... 
get me someone who really looks a bit shit. like he would have done when he was younger. And that's it. They just went, okay, well, we've got these action, action set pieces we need to do. That's going to cost a bit. Uh, we haven't really got any money for any other talent, so just get the cheapest fucking guy. And that is how this looked. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, coming out of this, the one thing that I'll Again, say there's is, no don't... director that's of any worth behind it. No. John Moore was the director. Uh, uh, behind Enemy Lines, 2001, Owen Wilson and Gene Hackman. Uh, did the remake of The Omen in 2006. Yeah. Did Max Payne in 2008. Jesus. Uh, and then, after 2008 Max Payne, his next film was A Good Day to Die Hard in 2013. And then three years later, he did IT, which is a really crap thriller that's on Netflix starring Pierce Brosnan. That was like a straight-to-DVD piece of garbage. Um, so again, there's no good director behind it. When we go back to the early ones, you had John McTiernan. Yeah. And who was the other one? Rene Harlin mm-hmm. was the other guy. And I think McTiernan did one, one and three. Uh, was it one and three? Or one? I think so. And mm-hmm. then Harlin did two. Okay. And they got McTiernan back for three, okay. if I remember rightly. Yep. And, you know, again, they may not be... T- I, I don't honestly don't know their back catalogues that well because they were operating in the 90s. But it, <laughs> they, they were probably action film guys. Mm. And that's what you needed. Yeah. A good yeah, no, action film guy yeah. who knew what to do. Yeah. That's what you needed. Yeah. Not a say pair of hands or freaking Len Wiseman. Um the only thing at this point, I mean, I've 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 read that, you know, Bruce Willis has said he'd be willing to return for a fourth to, you know, do his retirement kind of thing. I mean Stop. I don't I don't want to do, I don't want to see a die hard six. If you're gonna do anything if you're gonna do it, do it do it properly for redemption of the previous two pieces of shit, tidy up some of the plots, like actually giving some meaning, it's Hans Gruber's love child, or Simon Gruber's <laughs> love child, I don't care at this point. Um, even, even the guy, you know what, I went watching the second one, and, and this is the bit that makes me laugh, because this is the, you know, this is the fucking film person in me. In the second one, remember when the the, the army unit turns up and, and then you've got the radio guys out, oh yeah, the other guy called in sick, he's got appendicitis. You know, you've got one guy that was actually going to join this team. Where is he? Still out in the wild, who was actually going to betray his country and all that. True. You could always use True. him. Um, whether you bring back Holly McLean, she was, all right, granted there for one and two, a little bit of a plot point for three. Bring her back. Bring her back into the fold. Maybe there's a... I don't know. I would never want to see a six, but if you're going to do it, fucking do it properly. Hey, you see, I'd go the other sake. way, because they did do back in... Let's see if I wrote it down in my notes when it was actually written. Uh, in 2009-2010, mm. they did a year one comic that mm. was sort of John McClane back in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, being a beat cop. I wouldn't mind that. Sure. Get someone else in. To, obviously, don't bring back Bruce Willis. But Bruce Willis is his own father. Uh, yeah, that could work. <laughs> but anyway, get get someone else in to play him. Yeah. And go back and yeah. and show us the seventies time cool. period or something. Uh, you know what nostalgia of of you know seventies eighties and stuff That's like it. that. It's you know go do that you, if you, you want you, you to. But do I don't think Bruce Willis is up to it anymore. No, no he's certainly not. It, it was it was a payday then, uh, and it'd be a payday now. Let's yeah, exactly. Face it. So go on then. The ultimate conclusion then. So uh, put your money where your mouth is. Which one's the best? You know what? It's it's hard. It was it was not an easy choice between one and three for me. Let's face it. Um, now I am gonna go with one. I am gonna go with Die Hard one um, because it set the mould for so many action comedy films for the next decade. Yeah. Yes, it, three I very much enjoy because of the chemistry between him and Samuel L. Jackson. The riddles, etc., etc., was really really catching for me. But it was that one film where, you know, like you say, you, you can go back and you can watch it a thousand times, as we probably have done collectively. And still, even now, I still laugh at all of the, um, you know, welcome to the party, pal. I still laugh at these kind of things. I still laugh at Alan Rickman and his crazy American accent. Yeah. And, yeah, for me, one will always be Die Hard. Fair enough. I think mine was between one, three and four. Because, like I say, for some reason, 4 has a weird... I, I've got I a weird why, love of yeah, that film. Um, I've... Best Die Hard film is 1. Best film in the series of 5 we're discussing is 3. Mm. I think, personally. Mm-hmm. I, If you sat me down and said, which one of these five films would you, five films would you want to watch, I would pick 3 every time. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think... It is a traditional diehard film mm. because he has 
a compatriot. He has his, he has someone to help him solve it. Because it's not just someone to play off. Because he has that in everything, just to do the one-liners and the quips off. He has someone to help him solve the problem in this one, and that's what he doesn't normally have. So I, that's why I don't feel it's a diehard. I mean, I suppose by the same token, you could say the fifth one isn't a diehard because his son's there solving the problem most of the time, and he's just going, "Hey, I'm on vacation. I'm not doing anything." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd say one is the best diehard film, but I, I would rather watch three out of any of them. Sure, I can agree. With you. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. So there we go, guys. It's. Oh, oh, we're a little bit over time, but don't worry. I'm sure we'll rein it back in. But yeah, that's what we, we thought. That what do you guys think? You can email us, as always, on screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk. That's screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk. And I shall remind you again for the next couple of weeks, the bite is spelt like a computer bite, not a food bite. Uh, and as you're hearing this, as I said earlier, the Facebook page should be live. So that should be facebook.com slash forward slash screenmasters. Feel free to go on there, leave us your comments, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what do you think, what's your favourite film. We are interested to hear about anything. But for today, that will do us. So, I'm Bav. I am Fluff. And we have been the Screenmasters. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker.